Welcome to a bonus episode of South London Hardcore, where we look back at the South London Hot Guy World Cup. Uh, I think that's what we ended up calling it, didn't we? <laughs> so I've got Steve Walsh yeah. here with me. Hello. And Andrew Humphrey returns. Hello again. So if you listened to the show last week, you would have heard our rundown of the 13 sexiest guys in South London. Not our list, the list from mylondon.news, but we sort of chipped in with our own opinions. And now you've had your say, and Tom Hardy narrowly beat Chiwetel Ejiofor in the final by two votes it was, guys. How, how do you everyone feel about that? I was pleased. I mean, I was pleased on several levels. I think... Oh, well, I was pleased for Tom Hardy that he won. Yeah, he'll be thrilled. He'll be delighted Yeah, f- finally he can feel good about himself. <laughs> I could see how close the percentage was. I didn't realise there was only two votes in it. So that's mm. amazing. So, uh, I don't know. I think I'm considering it a draw for between Tom and Chiwetel. But uh, probably a victory for uh, South London Hardcore, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think it was a he, I think he's a worthy winner. Um, Edgio for was a bit of a an outsider. I thought I wasn't expecting him to get to the final. Yeah, I mean they were both outsiders in a way, I guess, in that they weren't in the original thirteen. Neither of them. They were mm. both suggestions that we had come up with uh, during our discussion on the last episode. So that's why I'm sort of like jokingly saying it's a victory for us because. Ni- both of the finalists were had never even had a mention in the original top 13. And uh, the winner of the MyLondon.News list, Jude Law, only made it to semis, but it was a pretty, pretty good showing from Jude. I, will, I sort of... Was it you, Andrew, that um, suggested Chiwetel Ejiofor? It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, because I... You know, we sort of questioned Tom Hardy's South London credentials a bit. And what it is, partly we kind of moved away from the born and bred idea, didn't we? Yeah. And I was sort of suggesting, as I think there's been the kind of spirit on the show, I mean, if you grow up in South London, you know, you're a South Londoner. And if you move here, you know, there's occasion to, you know, celebrate your achievements and what what whatnot. But, um, so we let Tom Hardy in. But Chiwetel Ejiofor, he went to Dulwich College, didn't he? Or Alain's, one of the two. Dulwich College. He seems to have sort of uh, Forest Gate roots and... Yeah, he's born in East London. And I don't think he lived in South London either. Or did you t- turn no, up some extra yeah. info, Andrew? Well, no, but I, I jumped to a conclusion, possibly. But it wasn't just about Dulwich College. He actually went to junior school in Dulwich as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Which, um, I guess, yeah, it would be a long way to go, wouldn't it, if you weren't, if you weren't living here? So he probably yeah, was. Yeah, I just yeah, jumped yeah. to the conclusion that his family must have moved to that area. Yeah, because yeah, he was in that, the, He was in the catchment area for his junior school. Well, it's a prep school, isn't it? So you just pay your money. Oh, even the junior school is, is it? <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the Dulwich... It, I think it's the school that links to Dulwich College. So you can go... You know, it's the oh. private school that's part of it. But if, again, you wouldn't travel all the way from North London to go there, would you? I mean, even though it's obviously a good school. Maybe I wouldn't you would, have thought I so. Know. Oh, don't say we have to do this all again. <laughs> no, it's OK. Tom, Tom Hardy won. Well, no, the, I was going to say, the thing is, we're talking about the runner-up. The, the, the winner True. was Tom Hardy... East Sheen, which is like, you know, I think, you know, one of, if you're going to make any criticism of South London Hardcore, it's the fact that, I think due to me and Jack's own roots, we've always skewed more SE than SW, but, you know, by the, the, the rules of the game, he absolutely qualifies. Well, we got a train out there that day, didn't we, Steve? Yeah, so, we visited. You know, we're not neglecting it before, before Tom Hardy was even a spark in fame's <laughs> eye. That's not a phrase. In Chips Hardy's uh, <laughs> eye, I think it was. It? Yeah. 
But as far as I can see, neither of them live in South London now, do they? Or does Tom Hardy st- still live in South London? I mean, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> you know, if you were rich and famous, <laughs> you'd move away realistically, right? I suppose so. You know, Tom, Tom Cruise bought a house in Dulwich, didn't it? Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he ever moved in, though, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't, did he? <laughs> that, that was his mission impossible, wasn't it? <laughs> did you read... I was, looking, I was looking at Tom Hardy's Wikipedia page just to try and see if I could, uh, you know, winkle out any further South London credentials. And the bit that was really odd, it was in talking about his personal life and uh, it was talking about his various relationships and he's been married, I think, twice uh, and had a couple of kids. And then I, I was skim-reading it... And then there was something about um, somebody dying. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, one of his children has died. But it was his dog. The, the Wikipedia about his personal life says that his dog called Hampton or something died of this quite rare disease. It's just a very strange... I didn't know whether it was a little bit of Wikipedia. You know, you get those bits of Wikipedia vandalism that hang around for years because nobody really notices them. Yeah, or maybe he's got obsessive fans. I was going to say, he's also the kind of guy that would have fans that would go, we need to record every bit of minutiae about the life of Tom Hardy. Yeah, possibly. I mean, possibly his dog did die of the, of this disease. It just seemed an unusual thing to have in there. So when I was going through, you know, as I said, I said on the show that I'm not a sort of guy that uh, I can't really trust my own opinion of whether a guy is handsome. Do you know what I mean? As a straight man. Um but, like, the more time I spent trying to find pictures of these guys where they looked good, I sort of <laughs> came to appreciate their beauty in a new way. Like, in all seriousness, like Jude Law. Uh-huh. I saw a couple of pictures of Jude Law as a young guy, and I was like, he's, like, stunning. Whereas when yeah. I would have watched, um, I don't know, like, Talent Mr. Ripley at the time, I was just like, oh, I guess he must be the handsome guy because he's got the girl or whatever. But, um, you know, maybe think about Tom Hardy being the winner. Is that I posted two pictures of him when he won. And one of them is this kind of gruff, kind of bearded, tattooed guy that he often is nowadays. Um, but it was also the kind of softer version of him. And I wondered if he's sort of covering both bases and that's what kind of kind of got him the trophy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think he sort of manages to embody that quite often, you know, because he does take those very um, kind of quite rough roles doesn't he mm. i mean sometimes extremely so with when yeah. he's playing playing bronson and then uh, the yeah so uh you know so he, he brings that to it but i mean that's very interesting you were saying about sort of starting to appreciate male beauty yeah. i've not turned gay because, I, just no, I, know, I, know, I appreciate you're not on the turn it, well, that, that's, that's maybe for a, a main episode rather than a uh a bu- a bu- <laughs> but i have to say it's of the people who uh, became engaged with the project when I was kind of on the fringes of it and asking people for, for opinions and then to vote in the Twitter poll. It was all of my straight male friends and straight male relatives who were really getting into it. I mean, wh- whether it's a sort of that kind of male affinity with list making, I don't know. Yeah. There's probably There was probably a little <laughs> bit of that in there. But even in the kind of minutes before we were just speaking right now, uh, my oldest nephew is like sending me his comments and feedback on on who on who should have been on the list, and it's like, what is going on here? This is, <laughs> but it's fantastic. It's very interesting. Mm. 
Well, I do think I, just, I, I think we should say as well, well done to Jack for, for for the mechanics of putting together the the World Cup itself. But also, I I would agree. I think you chose some fantastic pictures. Like I think they were really yeah. really good. You did a great job in in picking pictures that sort of made it clear why these guys were being considered for. The, yeah, if you look trophy. on my internet history now, it's all like Tim Roth sexy. Or like Matt Goss, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, these are not handsome in our pictures. And it's funny, the guy from Busted, who's like actually a good looking guy. You know, my sister said on the show, I forgot to mention it, but my sister said about Matt Willis that like she was one of, he was one of her kind of team pinups. It was very difficult to find a good picture of him on the internet. And then like Chiwetel for I sort of stumbled across this one photo shoot and suddenly I had like five different pictures of him where he's like, just looks like really <laughs> handsome. So I think that's quite a good segue, though, Andrew, to... Um, oh, sorry, I've just got a quick visit. Are you OK, Xavier? <laughs> All right, you lay down on the sofa. I'm just going to do a podcast. Um, <laughs> funny, we were listening to... Xavier said earlier, I want to listen to South and Hardcore. She can't easily. <laughs> um, you can see me waving. We were, listening, we were listening to the Horniman episode where we'd just been with her. She's, like, nine months old at the time. But anyway... Uh, you mentioned, Andrew, about some alternative suggestions. Um, maybe yes. we'll start with the ones that were added to bulk it out to 32. So these were added kind of after our discussion, but before the poll? Yeah, so, I, so we had like 28, 27, 28 names, and then sort of a couple more came in, and I sort of remembered that my friend used to live next door to Naveen Andrews, um, for example. And we didn't have any Asian people on the list either, which sort of uh, a sort of... You know, it'd be nice to rectify. So I threw, a, I threw these these last few in. Um, David Sylvian was uh, your suggestion, Andrew. Was that right? Was that my suggestion? I think you raised the name. Did I? Okay. Or maybe, Andrew, you definitely suggested that the other guy in the band was better looking. I did, and I'm prepared to argue <laughs> that point, actually. I have to say, Jack, I think it was you that suggested David Sylvian. Was it? I, I tell you, so. yeah. I think um, so. But Andrew, you alert, you did alert me to his uh, his sort of nickname as the most beautiful man in pop. Is that right? I yeah, I think that was one of the old kind of when when Japan first came out. Yeah, um, I, he looked I like Princess Diana back then, didn't he? He did. I mean, when they started, it was ex- it was almost kind of drag that he was doing at first, and then he sort of liaised into this very kind of like delicate little bloom of the eighties, and uh, yeah, and I think it was one of the one of the magazines of the time, like Record Mirror or something like that, that that had him on the cover and said the most beautiful man in pop. And it did stick with him for quite a while. And you don't seem that enthusiastic there, there Andrew. I I wasn't enthusiastic about putting him in, partly because even though there were, uh, a f- there were some people in the original Top 13 who were kind of off, kind of past their kind of, peak if you like yeah. not their peak of handsomeness but their peak of activity mm. like uh, like we did suggest that you know Jude Law was perhaps on because of how he was 10 years ago or Michael Caine you know because of his career and David Sylvian I mean David Sylvian is still out there and still alive and he's probably barely into his 60s but he just seems so off the grid now that it seemed odd to include somebody who is kind of theoretically alive and theoretically working, but isn't really a public figure by any really kind of definition. 
Yeah, I mean, because in the in the title of the article, it does refer to 2020, doesn't it, specifically? Yeah. So that is a valid point. Well, the other thing about David Silvey, and you alluded to earlier, is that, you know, there's the, always the joke about was, was Ringo the best drummer in Liverpool? And Lennon said, well, he wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. Um, and, and similarly <laughs> with Japan, it's like David Silvian is the most, I don't know about the most beautiful man in pop, he wasn't even the most beautiful man in the band he was in in Japan, because his brother, <laughs> his slightly younger brother, Steve Jansen, um, was very, very good-looking, and actually still is. I looked him up the other day. He's, like, in his 60s. Still looks really fantastic. So I imagine Steve Jansen has had a kind of... He's had the experience that probably was what happened with... Um, what's his name in Blur? Alex James, where he... Is it Alex James? Have I got the right name? The bassist. Yeah, the guy yeah. and the cheesemaker, yeah. yeah. Where he probably has, had spent most of his life being the kind of the best-looking person in the room and the most kind of promising and talented person in the room until he joined a, bar, a band with Damon Albarn, who was, like, you know, <laughs> arguably better-looking and more talented and more promising. And I think the same thing seems to have happened to Steve Jansen in Japan, who is objectively incredibly good-looking, but ended up in, a, in the band with his his uh, brother, who was called the best-looking man in Pops. That's, that's got to suck. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Maybe you'll be able to tell us more about him, Steve, as a football player. He's a, is he, he's a handsome guy, right? He's a handsome guy. I mean... Uh... No, I was asking you about his football ability, Steve. I'm going to ask Andrew if he's handsome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's... Uh, but I think I, I, I said to you in a, in a private message, you asked me to sort of elaborate upon him. I could, you know, I'll, I'm happy to say he's a, a dynamic midfielder, uh, plays for Chelsea, plays for England at youth level. Um, but because he plays for Chelsea... It's hard for me to have an objective sort of viewpoint on uh, what he's actually like as a footballer because I don't like Chelsea. So for me, I, I automatically sort of want to just um, not write off, but like when people rave about Chelsea players, I'm like, he's not all that. So like my thing with Ruben Lottajik is he's all right. Let's not get carried away. But Andrew, did you think he was good looking? He is very good looking. Um, he's very young as well. I mean, he, he's uh, I think the youngest person we've thought of. He's I think he's. 23 or 24 um yeah so he's he's extremely young i mean in a way he's almost like too good looking because he, he looks like a kind of an actor playing a footballer in Hollyoaks or something <laughs> like that because he's just so you know kind of magnetic in his looks that he he almost doesn't look like a footballer he, he looks like someone playing a footballer we also talked about the lack of um non kind of artists and uh, footballers, basically, didn't we, on the list. And we, we struggled to find some, even actively searching for them, we struggled. But somebody mentioned Chuka Amuna. Personally, I would have just gone, look, jug ears, I would have said, and moved straight on. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wing knot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what do you think, Andrew? Is it in good shape? Um, well, you know, he's very, he's very slight. It depends what you mean by good shape. I mean, he's, you know, he presents very well. Um, he, he's what, do you remember what they, what did they used to call, um, John Bakewell in the 60s? They used to call her the thinking man's crumpet. Well, I, yeah. I, I think Chukurumuna is like the thinking woman's crumpet, actually. Because the, um, the, the, I can think of two 
women in my life who do think he's very attractive and they are both real kind of like high achievers and you know a, a type in their own right so uh, yeah I think he certainly has his fans I was trying to find there was some horrible news story that he featured in that I've, I've lost the story now and I cannot find it uh, where actually some horrible kind of sleaze on the verge of sleazy man on the verge of of, on the verge of politics, had written some sort of horrible email talking about Chukaramuna and really kind of alluding to the fact that he was, you know, like very physically attractive but had no substance. And I was trying to find that just in the context of talking about Chukaramuna. Could not find it anywhere. But very interestingly, if you go, you know, predictive text on Google, if you... So I was trying to find letter where Chukka Amuna was mentioned or email where Chukka Amuna was mentioned. Every time you write Chukka Amuna mentioned, it pops up in the Bible. Chukka Amuna mentioned in the Bible. That's the <laughs> Google Judas predictive Iscariot. text. Judas Iscariot. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but then I think, I, I think he is quite religious as well. I, I have a feeling. I think he is quite... Um, Jesus, he as they say. Man of faith. He's definitely from South London. Streatham, isn't he? What What I would say as well is like in the original list, one of the things that we and we discussed it in our own sort of uh, list as well. It's this idea of achievement as well as uh, good looking. You know, the 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 total package. I think we talked about, didn't we? And I think the problem with uh, Chukaman, I mean, obviously, you know, a successful career in law. And then moving into politics, but like, I think you'd have to sort of say his the last few years in politics have been just dis- literally disastrous for him, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like he has gone from being talked about as the next leader of the Labour Party to, you know, it was just embarrassing, weren't it? Sort yeah. of like what he tried to do and how badly it went. It was farcical, really, wasn't it? We also talked about the lack of uh, LGBT people. Uh huh. And there was uh, Brian Paddock had a uh, mention. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a reach, but, you know, I was trying my best. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, Steve, you you had a friend who made a suggestion. Yeah, my friend suggested uh, Ollie from the XX, who I'd never... I'd heard of the band, but didn't know what he looked like. And um, uh, I would say, just immediately, he is, uh, you know, substantially hotter than Brian Paddock. Yeah, and about a third of his age as well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the actual uh, equation is, but... Yeah, I mean, he is good-looking. I I think he's got those sort of off-kilter good looks that maybe they were struggling for with Noel Fielding um, in the list. Um, Yeah, because he's not... He's sort of like quirky handsome, I guess. And we're getting back to a point we made in the original show as well, where with film stars, musicians, sports stars, they're framed and photographed and presented in a certain way. So like when like you were saying, Jack, about the, the photos you found the Chiwetel for where he has one really good photo shoot and then suddenly there's like tons of great pictures of this guy out there, which immediately sort of uh, skews it. Whereas like, you know, if people are taking photographs of Chukramuna, they're not trying to sort of make him look handsome particularly. It's like more likely to go on the uh, front of a leaflet with a terrible slogan underneath. Yeah, it was interesting, actually. Just going back to that point, um, trying to be fair with the photos of people. I, as a joke, sometimes when people were making their exit, I was trying to put a bad picture of them up, you know, like yeah. um, 
what's his name, <laughs> Gary Oldman as Churchill or Michael Caine being like, it's stick being escorted across the road. Um, but like, you know, like say like Tim Roth, for example, who like, you know, he's all, he's kind of all right now, isn't he? You know, he's not, he's fairly decent looking. But I've kind of came across some pictures of him as like a 20 year old and he's like actually beautiful, isn't he? Like they were in that one right, picture right, at right. least, you know. And Naveen Andrews, um, he's a good looking fellow, Andrew. He is, yeah, he is. I mean, he, I guess he sort of appeared, what, in the mid-90s, didn't he? Buddha of Suburbia was the first thing I saw him in, but... And The English Patient. You know, long, kind of curly hair, isn't it? It's quite a dashing fellow, yeah? Yeah, I mean, the, I don't know. There comes a time when you need to cut the hair. I mean, even you did, Jack. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, you alluded to earlier that, um, you know, that the, the lack of uh, sort of uh, ethnic diversity on the list. Um, I mean, the, there wasn't anybody from anywhere in the Asian subcontinent at all or, or the Far East or anybody with their origins really outside of uh, the kind of, you know, the West and, the, and kind of some uh, folks with their origins in Africa and the West Indies, etc., uh, but there wasn't anybody of Asian origin at all. So it was, you know, it, for a, it's a little bit token maybe, but, you know, it's certainly a, a good suggestion. Uh, what was quite interesting is that I, um, kind of linking this a bit with Chukaramuna, um, I did have a quick look to see if the, who over the years have been considered the best-looking MPs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the the most recent list I could find was from about 2015. And, I mean, really, we shouldn't pay a lot of mine because number one was Boris Johnson. Um, but they had, um, and I think it was a little bit before Chukaramuna's time, so he wasn't there at all. But um, Sadiq Khan was in there as, as MP Is for two. Is he a looking fella? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Nah. I would say no. But... He was certainly on the list. I mean, the thing about the, the great thing about Naveen Andrews is that certainly um, I was talking to uh, a friend who's of the Pakistani origin, and she was saying that um, in in some ways Naveen Andrews was the first kind of like you know mainstream British Asian hottie, really. Even though it was kind of in the ni- in the nineties. I mean, there had been like Art Malik in Jewel of the Crown, and there had been. Um, British Asian men who were put out there as you know as, as something handsome and sexy, but really you know, and that's very common now. It seems it's almost even silly to talk about it now. But you know, 25 years ago, it wasn't the case. So Naveen Andrews was a bit of a trailblazer in in quite a superficial sort of a way. Yeah, I'm just seeing on his Wikipedia page as well. Actually, he went to Emmanuel School. Um, and we, back in, oh, I can't remember the episode number, but we had my friend Hassan on the show who went to Emmanuel School. And we sort of ran down the top 10, there's a private school in Wandsworth, uh, their top 10 alumni. And who was it who went there, Steve? Was it Tim Berners-Lee? Yeah, but I wonder if he was in our top, I mean, I've forgotten so much that we've done on the show that he could well have been in our <laughs> top 10, couldn't he? <laughs> are, are either of you looking at a picture of Ollie from the XX? Uh, I'm not, but I know what he looks like. Yeah. Because I thought, at, at certain angles, he looked like um, that uh, Tom Hardy and Jack McEnroy had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> From certain <laughs> angles. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, 
a lot darker complexion. Do you know what? Yeah, you. there is. There is a McEnroy tinge to it, is, isn't, isn't there? Have you ever met Jack's dad, Jacko, Andrew? No, but I know what he looks like. I've seen pictures of right. him. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, because there's a little bit of... Yeah, that's it, isn't it? But also, I think, the eyes as well. But there's certainly... Um, yeah, you could you could definitely see Ollie from the XX as, like, your dad's cousin. I mean, that's like, the closest you know, I'm getting to this list, isn't it? Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, or he could be your other better looking brother so yeah that's true but this is this is the funny thing isn't it because like I look at this list and I'm like my brother's better looking than like 26 of these guys I mean, the other, other thing that was vaguely relevant was that even while he was, he had our listeners voting on whether he was the hottest man in South London on Twitter. Elsewhere on Twitter, Ian Wright was getting like totally trolled. Did you, did you see that horrible stuff? Yeah, really nice. Yes. Business, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there was also, I think, just like the day before that, he'd done like a radio show. He had like a really mixed week. So he had that horrific sort of racial abuse. But then he did a uh, radio show um, with uh, Julia. I can't remember her surname, but it was basically they do a thing where they'd like pick ten tracks and they'd uh, go up against each other. But it was on this uh, sort of uh, basically sort of independent radio station that's sort of black owned, black run, black focused. And like Ian Wright, he said uh, a really interesting thing where he's like, "For a long time, I had white management that steered me away from the culture." But he's like, I'm back in it now, and I want to stay in it, and I want to be a big part of it. So he had such a... It was really interesting, sort of like, particularly because we've been talking about it. He had this, like, immense week where he was, like, beloved. Everyone was, like... On Twitter, it was very much a whole evening of, like, Uncle Ian is uh, out here for all of us. Uh, and then that sort of horrific thing where... Irish kid as well. Yeah. Um, who turned himself in to the guards. Oh, did he? Uh, I didn't get to the... He uh, did. The, yeah. The well, the thing line. is, like, people... Cause, because the the thing is now, because of social media, people found he's a member of a GAA club, which is not uncommon for like teenage boys in Ireland, essentially. If you have any sort of athletic ability, you'll be affiliated in one way or another. And people tracked down the GAA club that he is affiliated with and, and basically emailed the GAA club and went, look what this kid's done. And he realised, he, he first of all sent like this grovelling message to Ian Wright, sort of going, I'm really sorry, you know, Please delete my th- the thing and this. And that. But then he turned himself into the guards, so I'm not sure what sort of legal repercussions there will be. But you know, hopefully it was a, a learning experience for him at the very least. But just that thing, like uh, you know, leaving aside the moral uh, you know issue of the whole thing, just on, on practical terms, this is like you know the John Ronson uh, book's really good. This is a yeah. this is like the worst time in history to like be you know outed in that sort of way particularly like people love Ian Wright <laughs> you know what I mean? it's not going to be a thing of like you know, you know no people absolutely adore Ian Wright for a, like a whole generation for a lot of different reasons for for like for, for black people he was a huge presence in the 80s and 90s being such a huge sort of uh hugely successful and confident and proud figure um and then for you know obviously for Arsenal fans, he's an absolute uh, legend, isn't he? But like, and then you you know you've got a thing where, despite sort of 
the, the sort of tribal allegiances of a lot of football fans, you will get people who, you know, I love Ian Wright. I mean, he played for West Ham, but th- that wasn't the best Ian Wright, and that isn't why I love Ian Wright. You love Ian Wright because of his exuberance and skill and, and personality. And being on Match of the Day now as well has given him a whole different sort of audience and perspective. So, yeah, um, horrible situation. But, you know, I think one of the nice things that came out of it was a lot of people... And this is the sort of good part about social media. A lot of people rallying around and sending him supportive messages, yeah. and the outpouring of love to sort of balance that hatred was uh, lovely to see. Yeah, that was fantastic. All right, guys, just before we wrap up, um, I've got Xavier here with me. She's just gotten out of bed. Do you want to thank Andrew for coming on the show? No. Well, Steve. Right, thanks for coming on again, Andrew. It's a great pleasure. Oh God, don't mention it. It was fun. And maybe if someone publishes the hottest ladies in South London, because we've done the men first, it won't seem like it, we're objectifying them. It? <laughs> it won't be as untowards and unacceptable as it would be yeah. otherwise. So you can find us on Twitter at SLHC. Andrew is at Andrew underscore Humphrey. And we'll see you for another episode soon.